Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We will drop this case right now. If you put your manhood right here and let me slam this door like this. Hey there, we are here in the Hollywood Life podcast studio for our very special podcast this week. We've got an amazing guest with us here. You are not going to believe it. Well, maybe you will because you just heard the intro, but we are sitting here with Gene Simmons, the legendary frontman of KISS, co-founder, and he has got so much news to tell us about You've got some new jobs. Like, it's not enough just to be, like, head of KISS, and I know you've got tours coming up, and you've got new books, but you are now something called a chief evangelist officer for Invictus. Invictus is a Canadian company. We just, uh, I was proud to be the bell ringer along with the rest of the team at the Toronto Stock Exchange. You can go to, full disclosure, you can go to invictus-md.com. Invictus is a cannabis company based in Canada. It's weed for all you out there. It's <laughs> weed, marijuana. Yeah, that's incorrect. You know, uh, like uh, if I called you by a nickname, you go, no, just call me Gino. <laughs> weed is incorrect. Cannabis is the respectable name for it. And you're talking to a straight edge guy. Right? I know. Yeah. That's what's so interesting about this because you have always been known for being not just anti-drug, but anti-alcohol. Well, you can't just sweep, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. All of us are pro-drug. You use aspirin and so do I. And when you go to the dentist before he drills, he will shoot your gums up with something that numbs you. So all of us use drugs. The bad drugs and the abuse of drugs clearly is what I'm after. If I say break a leg, I don't really mean that. What I really mean is good luck. So if I'm anti-drug, we know I mean anti-abuse of drug and anti, you know, the bad drugs. So I'm against drug abuse, sure. I'm against alcohol abuse, sure. You betcha. But I you think, don't you don't drink. I never have I've never been drunk. I don't smoke cigarettes. Last thing I want to do is to play Russian roulette. There's a possibility you might get cancer. Uh no thank you. So the cannabis world for me was I was ignorant, dismissive, judgmental. And uh, over the past three years, I found a lot of information. And by the way, that's a good idea for everybody. Ignore everything I say. I'm not trying to leave <laughs> the witness, a, Your Honor. It's a big and, business though, right? Well, you're changing the subject. I'm going to go down my journey. Okay. <laughs> and that is that you need to find out the information, medically or otherwise, and make up your own mind for your own choices in life. So I've still never held uh, cannabis in my hand. Never You've never smoked a joint? Nose. Nope, I never have. I may or I may not intend to. 
I see this as a, look, I own $10 million in stock in Invictus in the interest of full disclosure. And I think it's a fantastic space to get involved with. But I'm not here to try to tug on anybody's uh, shirt sleeve to try to convince them that it's good for mankind or bad for mankind. Research needs to be done in everything. We're finding out every day coffee is good for you, then coffee is bad for you. So let the research. And it's good for do. you again. Well, the research and has been outlawed because cannabis has been outlawed, but now it can the floodgates but, can open up, so we can finally. But, but, but find let me out. just clarify: Invictus is is it cannabis for medical use? The laws are changing, and once you make cannabis, the laws will decide where and when you can use it. If you're allowed it recreationally, then of course it'll be available that way. But clearly it's up to people to, uh, I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. I find it a very, very good, as an avowed, unapologetic capitalist, it's a great idea for me. Gene, you're changing the subject now to business. <laughs> Very well, good. It, it you, is a business, but in Canada, did you bring us any samples, Gene? No, but is it? It's legal, at least in parts of Canada, isn't it? All of it, uh, the entire country of Canada, it's legal in certain forms, certain provisos, certain subject tos. But the entire country has it legal. Israel is even far more ahead than Canada. Amsterdam, as you know, it's completely legal. You can walk into a coffee shop and have a cannabis cookie or cake or whatever i used to go up there for that reason to canada because it was legal you go into a coffee I, shop I and to, you could play chess and i have to say this as a compliment you look like a guy that goes in there. <laughs> i've been maintaining that look very thoughtfully it's a, it's a compliment thank you your glasses are fogged up yeah, yes a little disheveled yeah, stream of consciousness just conversations <laughs> and you're looking for more kit kats i can tell well, Listen, so I, love chocolate. I agree it's it's good business and it's um there's Listen, there's, I think that there is pro- proven research for medical, many medical uses. I'm not going to be the one that will tell anybody. I urge everybody to be more educated. Uh, I find it is. Jeff Sessions needs to get educated. No comment. Well, okay, so in Canada, it's all legal. So is Invictus only available in Canada, or is it also available in parts of the U.S. where cannabis I, is legal? If you're curious, you can go to Invictus-MD.com. The American laws are all over the place. I know. You can be in Colorado and fly to the moon, and if you cross the border someplace else. So, so I think the entire country is grappling with what is acceptable, you know, legally, what is not, what do people want, constituencies, another big word like gymnasium. The people will figure it out, and their local officials, duly elected, hopefully, will express their will. So California is much more ahead, much more progressive, and Alabama maybe is not. And it'll take a while for everything to sort of come to that uh, single level. Again, I'm not here to tell you what it should or shouldn't be, but I urge people to be more educated. The more educated you are, your inferred fiduciary duty to yourself, the more informed decisions you're going to make. Well, Gene, you used to be a teacher too, right? Sixth yes. grade teacher. And yeah. I have to say this in the interest a full disclosure, yesterday we announced that uh, Invictus, the trading uh, name, <laughs> the ticker name will be Gene. Oh, really? O'Reilly, O'Reilly, and it's, other variations. So wait, what does that mean? It's it's. Well, when you see the ticker, go by in the stock oh, exchange. Oh, yeah. I so see. So Gene as in G-E-N dash edX, like genetics. Right. Oh. And by ah. the way, I didn't come up with that. You just happened. And now Gene isn't your original name, is it? 
No. Well, it's it? my it's my name. You see, if I ask you what your name, what's your name? First bon- name. Bonnie. That's actually not. It was given to you. Right. You had nothing to do with it. <laughs> but Gene Simmons is my name. Right. There are very few things in life you can choose. Uh, you can choose, well, nowadays you can be male, female, do whatever you want, skin color, you can choose. So all those areas should be a matter of choice if you can. And if you're born with a wacky name, it's up to you if you want to keep it. Or but obviously you chose well, because now it so, works perfectly so far, so good. on the stock exchange. So far, so good. You, you were like psychic in doing this. Jewish, but close to it. <laughs> now, you have another very interesting new business that we checked out. You have something called the Vault Experience. Right. And you actually have, you have a website the vault experience you have a it you mean, is, lo- you mean, whoa, looks you mean, like a vault you mean gene simmons vault.com yes but by the way and, in israel it's iga vault but that's <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> well <laughs> very good so it looks like a vault how big is it you can't really tell well, if you go to GeneSimmonsVault.com, you'll see videos and photos and all that stuff. It is literally over three feet tall wow. and weighs about 40 pounds. Jeez. Metal hardware and contains 50 years of unreleased music, 167 tracks from 1966 to 2016 tracks, three songs I wrote with Bob Dylan when he came to my house. In fact, the songwriting process, Bob and I are trading licks and all that stuff. Licks is a musical term. It doesn't mean what you think it means. And uh, <laughs> Riffs, we, he means we, riffs. We, riffs. We, yes, and, uh, we assume that. The three Van Halen, uh, we did three tracks with the Van Halen brothers because I'm the guy that discovered that band. Uh, Joe Perry from Aerosmith, all the Kiss guys. It's the largest biggest box set of all time and each vault costs two thousand dollars now steal a steal bonnie a steal (laughs) besides all that no i want to tell you about the really big steal we're going to get to that the deal that i made with the fans is because they made my life possible i am flying around the world and hand delivering every vault from my hand to anybody who buys it so i'm here in new york uh, fulfilling a promise I talked about it a few months ago, and I said, I'm going to be coming to New York. So tomorrow and the next day, I'm going to be handing out the vaults to the fans, taking photos, talking stories. Peter Chris, our original drummer, is going to drop by, say hello to the fans. Now, is this at a fan event that you're having? Just for the vault buyers. That's right. Okay, so this is just for the people, the $2,000 vault experience buyers. No, 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 the vault buyers but then there's the vault experience well the vault experience is if you want me to come to your house compliment your mom or your wife about the curtains you can have a gene simmons party that goes for 50k the low low price of only fifty thousand dollars a steal another steal how how many have you done of those oh we make a living it's, you, can, I, you can Google it. Do you have a Google thing? I, I mean, I, I looked at the right video. I saw, well, I saw, I saw what, video. I saw pictures of what, you. While we're talking, look up Gene Simmons chewed gum. <laughs> How much did it sell for? <laughs> and and uh, Beth, whatever the hell your other name is, will tell you what comes up. Two hundred and fifty thousand. Two hundred. Say it again. A quarter million dollars sold for. For some chewed gum by Gene. Oh my God, two hundred fifty thousand dollars for your gum. But for fifty thousand, I can have you for a party for two hours in my house That's with right. twenty five of my friends. That's right. You can invite anybody, and I'll sing "Kumbaya," pat the dog, all the <laughs> rest of it. Yeah. Gene, and you you've ever... done that. You've done that a few times. Yes. You've done it. 
Is that is that kind of strange, like going into somebody's house? No, no, it's not. Uh, the word fan comes from the word fanatic. And Gino wanted to ask a very important question. I just, you know, you have all these businesses, you have all these ventures. We heard you're going on tour. You have a book publishing syndicate. It seems like, do you ever just want to kick your feet up and enjoy your millions and what? not well, all the work? Seems like it seems like a lot of work when you die. Yeah, but you can't enjoy it then. You're dead. That's why you should go out there and run the race. I mean, if you're running a marathon, what are you doing walking up to the guy and saying, take a rest? He's going, what are you talking about? But you already finished first place in this marathon. You know what I mean? You could just... Uh... You know you're 12, so let me give you the, <laughs> the, real, the real truth about life. So I'm closer to the end of my life than I uh, you know, was at the beginning. I I'll feel be, that way too, but you know. yeah. So I'll be 69. So... 80 years old is only 11 years away. So I don't know about you, true. but when I see the finish line coming, I want to speed up and do more. I feel that way too when I'm actually running. At the end of a run, I always That's want right. to sprint to the finish. That's right. And so life should be like that. And the other thing is use it or lose it. How old did you say you are? Um, I'm 36. Okay. Put your hand up like this. Which one shakes? I feel like mine is pretty... Yeah, so is mine. Wait until you get to my age. Dead calm. <laughs> yeah, my point is that if you're busy, if you work hard all day, people who can't sleep at night aren't tired, okay? The ditch diggers, God bless them, and all the other hardworking men and women of America have no problem going to sleep at night because you're exhausted. Yeah. Oh, I can't sleep at night. I'm watching uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon too long and can't get to sleep. You didn't work. You work hard. You, you give to charity, you love the people you love, you know, you live life because, by the way, the proverbial bus is right outside this building and it's waiting to hit you and take you off the earth. The point being, if today is the only 24 hours you will ever have mm -hmm. left, what are you going to do? So I'm in other take, words, go see I'm my take mother. A rest. Well, yeah, Gino <laughs> I mean, would sit on the couch with his feet up. But you know, control, I think. but the thing is, so you must love meeting your fans that you're I willing love. to give some of your last eleven years or whatever Bonnie, to go and meet them. They're my bosses, Bonnie. They made my life possible. They uh, they named their kids after our songs. Oh, like our our like our editorial coordinator Allie here, yeah, whose name is middle Beth. name is Beth. Yeah, because after you, uh, your song. Because when you really think about it, not for every band, but for some bands, the music is the soundtrack to their life. You get married with music. There are funerals with music. There are themes for birthdays where the kids dress up and all that. And so, it's much more than music. It really is about families and about when i was a kid you know the music my mother enjoyed i i couldn't listen to and rock and roll was supposed to be this divisive thing actually it brings families together yeah absolutely when you go to our concerts it defies logic it ain't a stones concert and i love the stones there are no spectacles staring back at you you'll see the five-year-old kid his 25-year-old dad and his 55-year-old granddad, you know, of the kid's granddad, they're all at the same concert, loving it, and that kid's on the shoulder, fist-pumping in the air for the first time, and that's when the big bad wolf has to go off to the side and just kind of clear my throat, because it's so emotionally overwhelming when you see that. Yes, and so, and you are in the middle of touring right now, like you've got, you, you've got dates, you just were a couple days ago, weren't you? 
We're performing all over the place. I also have a Gene Simmons band, a side band that plays all over the place. We're doing about ah fifty shows or so this year. Kiss will be in Spain, right? Doing five outdoor, you know, stadium kind of shows, and then there's a big tour being planned for 2019, along with uh, Simmons Books, Simmons Comics Group, uh, Simmons Records, and the Moneybag Sodas and the Rock World Company. They're all sip and Invictus. A lot of companies. Gene, you're, you're this such a hard work and you have all this stuff going on, you, but you're also a father of, of two kids. Do you and sort of instill this in them too? Because they didn't grow up like you grew up. They grew up the kids of Gene Simmons, rich, right? With all the advantages. Do, are you going to hand off this empire to them or? No. What are you going to do? No. They'll get enough every year to get by. Uh, you ever hear about the lottery winners? You know, they're nice people. They get all the money, but they're not to use all the money. So you, it ends in divorce and crashes and even suicides. People are not qualified to know what to do with a lot of money all at once. So Nick and Sophie are taken care of. They've got a net for their entire life. You're pressing more buttons. Am I not no, good? we're good. We're good. You're good? And uh, he's a button pusher. He's Gino about, but as button pushers go, he's really good. <laughs> and so... And so Nick and Sophie uh, are busy themselves. Nick takes care of a few clubs. He just finished writing a book. He gets paid for all that. What does he do in clubs? Well, he's like this, uh, what they call in Europe, a compare, like this host kind of thing, and has a uh, roster of people that he brings, you know, the right kind of people to well, make like it cool. He's like a manager, a club manager, More a bookings. Than that. The kids call it something else. He's kind of like a, he books everybody who comes. Uh, all, and as additionally, make sure the right kind of people come. Because oh, if the I wrong see. kind of people come, then everybody leaves. It's very <laughs> subtle. You know what I mean. Because uh -huh. if you invite me to a party, Bonnie, invite me to a party, Bonnie. Go ahead. Gene, I'd love for you to come to a party at my what, house this what's, weekend. What's the only question I'm going to ask you? What are you cooking? No. Who's going to be there? You got it. <laughs> That's because you're in show business. Why would I want to know who's going to be there? It's because my cool is going to rise or lower depending on who's there. You will be judged by the company you keep. That's just the way it goes. And clubs are exactly the same way. Sophie is a philanthropist. She's got Sophie's Place, which is a uh, philanthropic organization in Vancouver that treats thousands of abused kids, uh, drugs, physical, mental abuse, and so on, thousands every year. And she raises money for them. And because oh, that's of that, fantastic. it's named after her. She's got a jewelry line, and she's uh, got a few hits on Spotify, as a matter of fact. That's right. She was, she's musical as well. I think I saw oh, her. Yeah. Was she on The Voice? Uh, yes, she was. Yeah, now I saw her she on is The Voice. She is gorgeous. Is she a model, too? She was what? She a model, too. She's, she models she's as well. Beautiful. Has a jewelry line. Yeah, we have very beautiful kids, and I had nothing to do with it. It's all so, Shannon. Yeah. But it, in terms of when you raise them, because... I, I mean, did not. Oh, really? You don't like, feel they didn't get anything from you? A little bit, but let's call it for what it is. The, the people that raise kids and families are mothers. Fathers can, you know, fun, look, even for conception, we're there just for a short time and then see us. <laughs> in my case. Uh, you, it's your children. No, they're barely our children. <laughs> Women do all the work. And continue to do all the work. Men will run out on their families, and mothers won't. 
Well, in your case, that was kind of the case, wasn't it? Many cases. Yeah. My father abandoned us when I was six and a half years old. Yeah. Did he actually abandon you? Just like that. Really? Just picked wow. up one day the way Jeez. most fathers do and just leave. There was too much. He couldn't handle it. Who knows why? Israel was a young country. It was difficult to make a life. That's right. You were born in Israel. Yep. I don't look Swiss, do I? (laughs) And so when you really think about it, anybody who's listening to this, they're looking around, nodding their head. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's it's, uh, sad, and men have a shameful past. I'm not going to be my father. I'm sticking with my kids until I drop dead. Well, and so I imagine then, even if Shannon was more like more deeply involved with raising them, and I guess you were on the road a lot, yeah. you must have given them some of your philosophy well, and yes. discipline. Yes, I would say that uh, that's a fair comment, but raising them is not fair. She got up every day at 6 a.m. and literally drove them to school. She was the uh, school president and wanted to be there for lunchtime and feed the kids because she wanted to keep them within sight. Because you're in Hollywood, you're shark-infested waters, you know, where every kid has to go through rehab before they graduate high school. It's it's a very bad place to raise kids. You're better off on a farm. So they turned out straight edge, as the kids say, because of the way they were brought up. And also because if I found out they got high or drunk without telling me, there's a wonderful camp in the middle of the Arizona desert <laughs> That doesn't happen. You think I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I I went to that camp as a kid. No, no, no. It was great. It was great. They were born at Mount Sinai Hospital in Beverly Hills, for God's sakes. You couldn't find two more charming, gracious, thankful kids. And Terry over there, our PR person, has met them. And uh, they're much better human beings than I ever was. Really. Ethically, morally, in, in all ways. They're upfront, they're gracious, treat people the way they want to be treated, everything you'd want human beings to be. They are. Did you and Shannon talk about this? Like, did she tell you when you were deciding to have kids that this it was well, this is clear. the way? Let's be clear. Men decide nothing. <laughs> we just work here. You showed up. Yeah. We uh, yeah, kind of. Conceptually, uh, you the, showed up in my last to conceive. Book, in my last book, Me, Inc., and partly in the new book, On Power, Women decide 80% of everything that's bought on earth. Did you know that? Yes, I, yeah. absolutely. Do you, have, do you have a husband? Yeah, I have a husband. Yeah, you have a husband. But I have a husband who's very involved Don't with stay, the kids. Stay with me. Do you have a house together? Yes. Which house? Who decided which house to get? It was mutual. Yeah. My husband's an architect. No, my husband's an architect. Are there curtains and furniture in the house? Who decides that? Uh, we did it together. There's no curtains. You know what? I'm not going to get anywhere with <laughs> no. every woman out there goes, yeah, you're right. You're right. We decide everything. How about groceries, food to get? Who decides what to get? Uh, my, well, wow. we do it together. Or I actually, he does more of that than I do. You should be a politician. I'm thinking about that for my next career. Bonnie has like mm-hmm. a non-traditional arrangement. Yeah, though. Her, I'm very non-traditional. Yeah, she's sort of like the breadwinner and, you know, has this big career. She will still decide everything. The best, <laughs> the best chance a guy has is to wake up in the morning next I, to his beloved lady and just start off with, I'm sorry, <laughs> even before you say good morning. Just okay, well, I agree with that. See that? <laughs> is it, Gina, is being married to Shannon Tweed as great Who's Canadian? as people would think being married to Shannon Tweed is? Yeah. Uh, 
I'll tell you why. Because she stuck by my sorry ass for 29 years without being married, raised two kids, and I'm a bad guy. Everything you can imagine. No drugs, no alcohol, none of that stupid but stuff. But women. Yeah. It's, it, I, I'm not going to point to anywhere else. The arrogance and the selfishness and the, uh, you know, the hedonism and all that. It's like li being in a band is like being on a diet and living in a bakery. You're just surrounded by it at all Temptation. Time. And you can be, you, oh, you don't have to attempt, it's thrown in your face. You've called yourself an Epicurean hedonist. Very well done. Which is like apropos, right? I mean, it's a little it, pregnant pause there for the gravitas of it all. Did you know, you read books. <laughs> well, I've read, I've read, You're I read not your, just a good-looking son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, I, read, I read your books, Gene. And I, so, why did she stick with you? This is a good question. Why do women stick with any men? We don't deserve you. There, you you're a higher form of life. And I'm not saying this uh, as a sort of a popcorn fart, sugar-coated comment. You understand the important things in life. Family. You give birth, for God's sakes. We do nothing. We just work. <laughs> Literally. Oh, we can build a house and we can do this, we can do that. You actually make life out of nothing. And you carry it for nine months, and then when it's born, you're there forever with the children. Even if you adapt, adopt rather, which adapt mm -hmm. is another word. If you adopt a child, you're there forever, no matter what. You know what the guys do? Once it gets too hard or not, they just get up and leave. By the way, that comes from the DNA of Australopithecus afarensis on the plains <laughs> of pure, Africa. Right. Because if they didn't get up and <laughs> abandon the family then they couldn't go hunt for food. Right, they wouldn't so have anything to eat. It's ingrained in the DNA, and they don't So you're blaming think, it on the DNA. Gene is no. dropping evolutionary psychology on us up in this no. month. But, First but time. She, so she stuck with you, but so you must have done something that was right, and I guess she really loved you, or she still loves you too. I think you need another word for that because we've been together almost 36 years. Commitment, uh, devotion. Married for about five, five and a half. I try to be a good boy. Newlyweds. Pretty much. Are you I, a good boy now? Yes. I married her twice. I'm going to marry her again. She's building a house in Whistler oh. uh, in August. Are you allowed there at all? or You, you know, that's a good question. And very, <laughs> very astute, Herr Sud. Is it just hers or is it a getaway? A, in the a valid joke. He talked right over it, so I'll repeat it. Very astute, Herr Sud. Thank you. Okay, now look it up in your Funkin' Wagnalls. And so uh, that's exactly right. That's her house. I mean, I'm paying for it and all that, but it's her house, <laughs> and I'm only allowed there if I'm invited. So, okay, so you guys have been married. You got married twice, yeah. and since you've been married, have you been a good boy? Yes, Bonnie. But not until then. Well, you're single. When, before, before I got married? No, yeah. No, I was not. And, oh, no. So when you made the commitment Bonnie, to finally good, get married. Bonnie, have you been a good girl? <laughs> I've been a good girl. Bonnie? I've been good. <laughs> I've heard that. But I'm a woman. And you said women, you know, we're well, you have the you hearth have of the family. Well, and you are. But you also have, you don't have testosterone in your system. So you don't fight as easily. You, know, you don't act on your It's not as hard urge. for us to be in the bakery. Yeah, that's right. You don't act on, in fact, your sexuality is more up there in your brain. If you don't find the idea of a guy, eh, for guys, just anything that walks by rubs against them, they don't care. <laughs> I mean, that's true. For men. Yeah, for men. Yeah, they'll wake up next to somebody whose name they never bothered to learn. <laughs> this is a fact. It's, is it yeah, a fact, you know? It's a fact. Yeah, they yeah, don't care. Fact. Men, see, men suffer from a, 
two at 10 and 10 at two syndrome. You know what that is? No. Well, they go to the bar if they drink and it's 10 p.m. And over in the corner is a toothless hag. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. She's a two. <laughs> she's, she's a two. But at 2 a.m., she's a 10. <laughs> Is this, well, do you go over this in your new book, Gene, on power? <laughs> you explain this, or is it more about how to be successful? Well, life should be about how to be successful. The first thing you want to do is survive. And for us men, the next thing you want to do, if you can survive, is you got to make money. Otherwise, Bonnie wouldn't be interested. The last thing she or any female is going to want is some schlub, as opposed to a schlump. They're close. Yeah. <laughs> so Slump's got money. And does nothing. It's definitely well, true here in New York. Well, Gino, let me tell you the, the secret. So I tell you, I've got a blind date for you. Great. And, you, and so. you say, naturally, what does she look like? Sure, yeah. And Bonnie's girlfriend says to her, Bonnie, I've got a blind date for you. So she naturally says, yeah. what does he do? Right. Yeah. Very good point. What, she might what, want to know what I look like, too. Uh-huh. What? You might want to know what it looked like, too. After. Yeah, it's true. After. No, I would but say Sophia that that's Loren, true. But Sophia Loren went to bed with Carlo Ponti every night, and you can look it up. No, yeah, no, she it's did. About pow- the sexiest thing is power and money. Yeah. Show me a guy who's home like a second grader with a few billion dollars, and he's the sexiest man in the block. Well, that's why rock and roll is like the great equalizer, right, Gene? I mean, like rock and roll is sexy, and it's like the it's like a sign. I mean, to have a huge rock and roll career is like, I mean, hasn't that made it's hasn't that made a, your life a lot more fun? Well, sure, but it's not an equalizer in any way, shape, or form. No, you, you can't have it, and the masses can't have it at all. Very few people get to climb. Mount Olympus, if you don't mind me saying so. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like when I went from what I've read about you, when you were growing up um, and you were in school and then you're in high school, it, it doesn't seem like you were musically involved. Like you love the Beatles and you liked uh, uh, the twist, but it wasn't like you were thinking about music all the time when you were Not younger. At Not at all. I wanted to give back. Um, because I came from Israel and had nothing, and I was shocked that America was willing to give me every opportunity that people who've been here for generations would get. And I mentioned this before, that I could understand if America would, in essence, say, look, you're a first generation coming to America. You know, there have been people ahead of you in line. They get first opportunity. But the truth is, in America, the beauty of the American dream is you can come here Even with limited language skills, if you put in the work, you can succeed, even more so than native-born Americans who've been here for generations. And so I I wanted to give back. I went to school. I studied. I became a uh, sixth-grade teacher in Spanish Harlem. And then I worked at a government research and demonstration uh, project for Puerto Ricanos, Boricuas, in New York City on a project called Improved Services to Puerto Ricans in the Northeast USA and Puerto Rico. And I was the editor of Kate Lloyd uh, 
Vogue magazine's editor, her man Friday, just a ton of stuff. But as a young man, I wanted to give back, not just kind of go for the money. And then I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and But how, how did you find this inspiration to write music? Like you taught yourself guitar and bass. I made, I made myself. Uh, inspiration is highly overrated. I like what writers do, books. You get up every day, get in front of what was an archaic mod thing called typewriter, which millennials have no idea about. I know, they really don't. No they idea. have no Anything idea. a week older, they have no idea. The world is round? I didn't know. Yeah, they have Wait, no what? idea. What? You know, Lincoln. Lincoln? Is that a car? I'll, tell you, a quick, I'll tell you a quick story. My son, Nick, sees an attractive 20-year-old girl, and this is his story to me. He walks up to her, and she's wearing a Rolling Stones T-shirt, and it says, The Rolling Stones. And he says to her, Millennial, Oh, you're a fan. And she says, Yes, I of what? Yeah. And he says, the, well, obviously the stones. She goes, the stone, Yeah, the rolling stones. It says that on your T-shirt. <laughs> and she looks down and she says, oh, is that a band? I don't, I just, I, I, I oh just like, <laughs> I just like the T-shirt. No, it gets worse. He goes, Mick Jagger. You've heard of Mick Jagger? She said, oh, yeah. The serial killer. Oh, no. Wait, I'm what not, serial killer has I the know. name? Well, I guess Jeffrey Dahmer, Mick oh. Jagger. I have no idea what she was thinking. I don't know who but she was. But I totally believe you. We oh, see that I'm all the time no here. No exaggeration, so help me God. And I've met young people who've never heard of the Beatles, the Three Stooges, nothing. Listen, Hold a few on years ago. Oh, okay. Beth, yep. Have you heard of the Three Stooges? Yes. Okay, I think because I one. told her. I told her about the Three Stooges. Name one. No. Nope. <laughs> she said Benny. Benny. <laughs> what was the name? I don't know their names. Then, like, just know of that's are, Allie. She doesn't are, know the names. Are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? That's all. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Bad. Okay. So Bad. inspiration. Happy, but you made dopey. yourself. So tell us how you became a songwriter. You just do it. You know, the people who are uh, the biggest stars of all time in popular music can't read or write music. Lennon and McCartney, Jimi Hendrix, Bob Dylan can't read or write music. But you just do it, goddammit. Pick up, strum a few chords. Everybody's musical when you, I'm assuming you take showers. So, so do most people. <laughs> and what, what do we do when we take showers or baths? We hum. Mm -hmm. All, that's songwriting. The difference between you humming in the shower or as you're cleaning, you walk through life, is the people that do it for a living actually write down, if they can, or record it. So everybody's musical, in, you know, in some way. Well, a little bit maybe, but you, Gene, you also know like five different languages. I think you might be just like a little bit four. Four. You might be a little bit of a savant. Like no, music no, is a language. No, I, I appreciate the kind words, but in Europe, they do the same. They'll speak three to seven languages. But you grew up here, right? You came here pretty young. Yeah, but English was my fourth language, not my first. Because you were in Israel, you already had Israel, three under your belt. I spoke uh, Hebrew, Hungarian, Turkish, and Spanish. How'd you learn Turkish and Spanish? My your mom was my Hungarian. Nanny, my nanny was uh, Turkish. Uh huh. And there was the Spanish next door neighbor who I used to play with all day long. Ah. And you just learn it. And so I've forgotten Turkish completely. You know, you've got to use language. And uh, Spanish, I can curse like a sailor, but and I can understand what's being said, but I've forgotten most of the verbs and nouns and pronouns. 
but hung- Hungarian, German, well, I had to learn that. German, Hebrew, English, I do pretty good. I heard you speaking Japanese too. I thought very on, li- on Fox very Business. Little, very little. And so when you were coming up with your hits, it was like literally you would just like put your plunk yourself down and go, I am thinking Bonnie, about music. Just do it. God damn it. Yeah. Just, no, I, I no, mean you know, it. It's like, like a child who never learned how to paint. Put your goddamn hands in that paint thing and just get on that canvas. Just start doing it. This creativity thing is just so highly overrated. <laughs> the best writers sit there, get up at 9 a.m. They have hours. I'm going to work. Everybody goes to work. The creative people or the rich people say, I need inspiration. Bullshit. <coughs> get up every day, sit in front of your typewriter, computer, whatever you do, and put in the time. Your brain will take over. It may not be the best stuff that comes out. But the first sketch of most stuff isn't. It just start doing it. And, you know, many, many years ago. And would uh, you start with lyrics or would you start with actually thinking there are about no, There are no rules. There are no rules. Sometimes melody, sometimes lyrics. And you don't have to play an instrument, really. Uh, many, many years ago, I knew Stevie Nicks, you know, the Fleetwood mm-hmm. Mac girl. And so, oh, my God, in the mid-70s or so, she took me up to her house, and I asked her, you know, how do you write songs? I do it on keyboard. I do it on guitar and bass. She goes, I write on that piano. We went over to piano in her place, and I saw, you can erase it, I saw a marker of some kind, and she'd write the numbers, one, two, three, all over the keyboards. And I said, what's that? She goes, well, I can't play piano. I just hit a note, bing. When I saw you coming down the street and go, bing, but then you don't the one you meet. And so she didn't know how to play piano, but she'd just get one note because all chords have a root note and everything else is a harmony of that. That's what a chord is, whether it's major, minor, diminished ninth and all that. So these are words that you can pick up. But in simple terms, you can just go across a piano uh, or, a, or a guitar, anything, hit a note, and you'll hear something in your mind. And the rest is just plain hard work. That's like wow. the Malcolm Gladwell, like 10,000 hour theory that, right. that genius is more perspiration than in- inspiration. It, it's actually true. The harder I work, the luckier I get and all that stuff. You seem to have that kind of this creed throughout your whole life, though. You're, you're, you're very patriotic and you really believe in pulling yourself up from your can bootstraps. I, can I ask and- you a question? My mother at 14 was in the concentration camps of Nazi Germany. Here we are in America, where I come from, Israel, right across the border, there are people who want you to die. And the people from there and Israel, and I saw it in the coffee shop that I was in, one woman was was dressed in a, I think it's called a hajib, which is the respectable Muslim wear. And right at the other table was what clearly what looked like a Hasidic family, you know, very religious Jews. Mm -hmm. And they were both sitting within reach of each other, having lunch, no problem. In America, it's a land of dreams. Even in Ireland in the old days, Protestants and Catholics, same language, same people, they even worship the same God. They'll kill each other. In America, it's just, hey, each to his own, laissez-faire. So, hey, hey man, I think it's a great country too. It's the best country in the world. Are you kidding? It's been good to you too. America, with yes, it's a racist country, but they, but they voted Barack Obama in twice. The same racist country that's a racist. 
yes, some presidents are more popular, some are less, but the magic of America is it keeps growing and growing, and people keep reading more and being involved in it. Flight. When I fly through the air, it was invented here. When I talk on, you know, on a telephone, it was invented here, except the cell phone, which was invented in Israel. In fact, Israel has more patents than any country on earth other than America. Yeah, they do. They have a huge tech industry. Statement of fact. So you're positive about the future here right now? there's nowhere. What are you talking? When I rang the bell at the New York Stock Exchange in 2008, the Dow Jones Industrials were 7,800 Black Friday and all that. So on the floor of the stock exchange, Fox Business said, so what do you think, you know, it's, it's chaos. I'm going, chaos? What are you talking about? Didn't you learn the lesson? Buy low, sell high. Prices are down. What do you think is going to happen? America is going to default? Buy. Buy Coca-Cola. Buy biotech. Buy McDonald's. It's going to skyrocket. Since, 19, uh, since 2008 until today, we're at 24. Tw- it'll be 25,000. We will break 30,000 in your lifetime. Oh, I believe that. It's no question. Um, so your mom, is your is your mom still alive? She's ninety two and kicking ass. Wow. And she here is she She's still going here in down Brooklyn? The street kicking everybody's ass. <laughs> is she still living in Brooklyn? No. <laughs> is she in New York? Yes. yes. Gene Gene okay. built her something some somewhere. Pardon? Gene built her something somewhere, right? Took care of his Well, mother. I know you're a good son. Yeah. He's got her I'm, a brownstone. She has no choice. I'm her only child. She's she's very proud. You know, in the days when checks, there were pieces of paper. I know it's before your time. (laughs) Your two amoebas who were sitting here. Yes, I would. So there used to be pieces of paper, and they'd write numbers on them, and somebody would sign it. Then you go to a bank and paper. What? Yeah, (laughs) millennials. Weird. I I know what a pencil is. And so so I showed my mother a check, and it had ten million dollars on it, and I tried to. You know, so, I want to see that too. Well, I'm in room 403. And so <laughs> so I said, Mom, what do you think? She didn't understand what that was. She couldn't, you know, fathom anything up to a thousand dollars. So she thought she put it aside and she said, No, what are you going to do? <laughs> what yeah. next? I mean, you yeah. were trying to give it to her? Well, no, that wasn't the point. The point was, Mom, look how good I've done. And her point was, no matter how good you've done, that's the past. Now what are you going to do? Oh, I see. It wasn't good enough. enough? Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Ten now, million dollars. Now what? Then you bought ten that's million dollars why... of the weed. Right? <laughs> that was your next. <laughs> that's oh, that Gino. Check. That's why he's he's keeping going. That's why with the cannabis and the vault experience, he's not stopping in the tours. Oh, we have launching because his so... mom is like, "What's next?" I would have rested on my laurels long ago. If I your laurels? You. What about your Hardys? See, that will never work because they <laughs> nope. don't know who Laurel and Hardy. I, was. I know Laurel Hardy is famous comedy duo. Okay, who's Laurel and Hardy? Famous comedy duo. Name one. <laughs> Laurel. That's good. <laughs> that was a trap. <laughs> So your mom... I mean, let's be honest about this. Let's say, Bonnie, you're the fastest female uh, of all time. You've broken every running record. Let me do it with Gino so he can have the chicks and everything. So Gino, (laughs) you're the fastest fastest guy who ever ran a mile. Oh, my God. You broke the the four-minute whatever that is. Incredible. And uh, they're all lined up there. The chicks are kissing you. You get the awards and the TV cameras and the money and all that. Feel it. You are unequal. Nobody's faster. You're you're a white version of Bolt. You know that guy. Yeah, I'm 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 dreaming of it. I can okay. see it. So now mind. here's the question. Yeah. Tomorrow morning, the cameras are going to be gone. The chicks are gone. What? What? The glory's gone. No. You're there by yourself no. in Wisconsin. No. 
Are you going to get up at the crack of dawn and try to break your own record? I guess I have to, Gene. Or are you going to binge watch I Love Lucy reruns? <laughs> Damn it! You got me again! I Love Lucy. It's on reruns. Nick and Knight. Have you ever heard of I Love Lucy? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's what? Lucille I knew Lucille Ball. So that's the idea. The idea is, yeah, you're alive. Use it or lose it. And then you die. See, everybody's going to get their turn. The question is, there's either the proverbial bus outside and you're done. So I live every day to its fullest. I love it. Gene, do you think you get on that bus when it comes by or you just get run over by it and then that's it? Full you know, stop. Do you know I buy it? <laughs> you buy it. You franchised it. Now he has a bus company where he runs over people for a fee. So your mom's alive and kicking. She's 92. She's obviously very proud of you. And not only, not only did you show her the $10 million and you're still going, but you got married and you produced two grandchildren. So that's like the best. Grand. No, no. For her. Oh, for her. Yes, yes. No, no, not for you. I don't want to scare you. She is very proud. You You gave her grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're. Your mother, and she had to accept a lot, you know. Over the years, uh, she done. She never uh, had different uh, racial groups or non-Jewish women or anything come over to the house and anything. And in the days when I went out with Diana Ross, I brought her over to the house, and she whispered to me, "I love Diana Summer. She's very." Good. <laughs> <laughs> she had no idea who anybody was. She's from Hungary, right? And uh, does she ever talk about ever talk about her experience in the camps? She only recently started to do that for all her entire life. She refused to talk about it. It, You know, it's people can't relate to that. How you know, how could you? Right. I know it's a a lot of survivors feel that way. Well, she saw her whole family wiped out in front of her. Literally. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So how did she survive? She, if you ever saw a movie called Sophie's Choice with mm-hmm. Meryl Streep, that's her story. I don't mean that literally, but she went to something called frisure, mm-hmm. which is how to do makeup and hair and stuff like that. It was a school in Hungary. and This uh, is before the bef- Holocaust. Before, yes. And so she was 12 or 13, went to school. So she knew how to do makeup and stuff. And the commandant's wife took a liking to her at the same time that they were killing her mother, her brothers, her thing, all that stuff. And the commandant's wife wanted somebody to collect the garbage, do her hair and the makeup and stuff. And that was my mother, just by the luck of the draw. That she found out she was capable of doing this. That like, the commandant's wife, yes. Right. Yes. Found when out that mother, she could she, do my, hair and makeup. When my mother was very young, she was very, you know, very pretty and all that. And for whatever reason, the commandant's wife. So when they were finished, they'd throw scraps of food on the, t- you know, on the floor. My mother had, used to hide a piece of bread not only from everybody in the you know the nazis but also when she got back to the camps otherwise they'd kill her for the food jeez yeah so she would there with her family and came out alone must have i mean it is like an unbelievable thing for people to imagine no idea you read about it in books and you watch movies and stuff like that and you think about it like you know, like Lincoln's time. Noah's actually living memory. Like mm-hmm. yesterday, yeah. yeah. Has she been approached to tell her story for the, um, yes, the Shoah project? It's yes. called Shoah, right? Yes. Steven Spielberg sent uh, an invitation and so on. I, I, 
I asked her and she just won't do it. Oh, that's too bad. Because it is so important. Because as you said, people don't understand what happened. And there's all these Holocaust deniers now. Yeah. So it's so important to tell stories. But people think of it just as a Jewish story. Never mind that two million gays were killed, two million Catholics. Gypsies. Gypsies. And by the way, 50 million people died in World War II. 20 million Russians just in that. And Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You know, people say, oh, Holocaust, Jews. No. Everybody. Christians, gays, gypsies. Mm -hmm. I know, and it was not not that long ago either. Well, um, you made her very proud, and she... Now, does she ever go to your concerts? Oh, sure. She used to go in... Yeah, when she was younger. And uh, she would go in there and do, you know, my hand gesture, (laughs) which means uh, things. And whoever she brought along with me would get black and blue marks in their ribs because she'd be elbowing them, you know, the whole concert. Oh, you stand up, don't they sit down, and, you know, and all that stuff. <laughs> what did she think about the whole kiss aesthetic, though, the look and everything? It was very wild for the time. Uh, she loves her houses. <laughs> <laughs> now, and how did you come up with that? You were really into comic books. Was it that you were inspired by comic books to come up with the makeup? It's sort of, yeah, it sort of came from specifically a comic book called Black, uh, The Inhumans, Black Bolt. And later on, I got the rights to try to make that into a feature. And eventually, they wound up as a TV series, but not for long. So I was a major comic book fan, Marvel Comics specifically. For me, it was uh, a getaway, you know, the idea that people could be not ordinary, but extraordinary. Because I actually had dreams and continue to where I'm flying through the air with a huge cape and people are pointing up and going, look, it's him. Delusions of grandeur. Okay, fine. (laughs) But ever since I was a kid, in fact, when I first came to America and I first read World's Finest, which had Batman, Superman, and Robin teaming up in a comic book. I couldn't read the English words, but the visuals just fascinated me. So my Uncle Joe took us to a a beach. We didn't have any money. We took us to a beach, and I had an ice cream cone, and there was a towel. And when nobody was looking, I wrapped the towel around my neck, and I thought if I ran fast enough, Uh I could take off and fly. I had that same delusion when I was a kid. <laughs> I jumped off of our deck once and hurt myself. You have the same delusion yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still hoping, you know, if I flap my wings hard enough. So the costumes, the makeup was all kind of the, um, like, you were living your fantasy of almost well, sure. being this superhero. Sure, but it's an extension of your per- persona, if you will. Uh, the, I think the Indians call it totem, you know, your inner something or other, because... Hypothetically, if I wore Paul Stanley's star on the eye with red ruby lips, I wouldn't be convincing. I would make an ugly woman. You know, it's just, (laughs) you have to 
somehow it has to connect your personality and who and what you are. In the same way that if you go to a costume uh, place and you want to get something for Halloween, the chances are pretty good. Like this guy over here is going to have, you know, horns on his head and a tail and be <laughs> and, a, and a pitchfork because you can tell Gino's a, just an evil badass, evil son of a bitch. We yeah. say that all the time. E- either that or in a ballerina outfit. <laughs> one, one or the other. I go either way, Gene. <laughs> I can do it all. That's and, what I and and how are the the heels? Can you still do that? We do. Seven to eight inch platform heels. Jesus, we are I the, can't even do that. We are the hardest working band in show business. We. Uh, I fly through the air. That's six to eight feet a second. I mean, it's scary stuff. And I'm scared of heights. Spitfire and uh, the armor weighs about 40 pounds. It's exhausting. It must be exhausting. Sure. I don't know how you still do that. You. I mean, I don't think I could have done it when I was in my 20s. You want to. You want I know Jagger's fabulous. But whether it's in his 20s or now in his 70s, you put him in my outfit, you'd collapse in a half hour. So he's a little skinny thing, though. I don't think he could. All right, settle down. Don't get excited, Gino. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. You're a fascinating uh, guy, Gene. This has been amazing. And good looking. And, and good looking. Devilish. And good handsome. looking. Why wait for the And a I mean, I think you look like you're in pretty great shape underneath that leather jacket there. And you have to be to wear the 40 pounds and, of and costume. My, and the downfall, the is, downfall? Is, is cake. I worship. I don't. I don't really. I tolerate food. I don't care about pasta, schmasta. I don't care about butter. Or I don't gargle wine like Listerine. All these. I don't want to say. Idiots. You know all this accoutrement where people are sniffing. It's like sommeliers. Give me a 1978 Diet Coke with a little something, something, and just give me a good big fat cook. Like the the reason I like you guys. You gave us cookies coming in. Do we have those here still? Yeah, I think they're here. So listen, if we promise to have some cake here next time, will you come back? Of course. If we have cake? Of course. Let them eat eat cake. Marie Antoinette. (laughs) By the way, Marie Antoinette, people think the French created the uh, croissant. That's not true. Napoleon uh, got Marie Antoinette, who was an Austrian uh, (laughs) princess, and the Austrians created the croissant because when the Turks came to invade, they were beaten back by the Austrians. And to celebrate it, the Austrians baked these uh, light, fluffy cakes oh. and ate them because it's the crescent. Right. The crescent, the crescent of their ate, swords. In fact, croissant or crescents or croissants. They, uh, they ingested it and then pooped it out. It's like, this is what we think. And then when Marie Antoinette went to uh, Paris, she brought along her baker. And that's where the croissant came croissant. from. This wow. guy does it all. History. That's today's then, lesson from Jean wow. And how did wow. they thank her? They cut off her head. Well, she lost her head. You know yeah. I know. They guillotined but, her. But uh, guillotine. And so they widely misunderstood when the starving people were eating, she'd say, let them eat cake. It was not a disingenuous sort of unfeeling thing. She liked cake, so she wanted what she liked. Well, then give the people what I like, kind of a thing. That history has uh, mislabeled her. She was actually a caring person, but had no idea what it was like to be poor. I'm sure she didn't. No. Well, you did, and you made you it fueled you to change your life and we are going to have lots of cake for you next time you come here i like this chick (laughs) (laughs) by the way are you still allowed to say chick yeah because it is the apocalypse it's the death of fun 
You can't <laughs> say anything. In is, fact, yeah. I'm not going to look at you anymore because that way. <laughs> Just look in this direction, Gene. <laughs> yes. Behold. Yeah, but then you're going to go after me. <laughs> no, I, w- I would never. I would never. I'm with you. <laughs> Gene, thanks so much for joining. This has been Gene, amazing. Thank I, th- you. I think it's really nice you hire wackos. Look at this one. This <laughs> <laughs> is out, out of her mind. <laughs> well, it's called HollywoodLife.com. And as you said, Hollywood is a wacko world. So. <laughs> 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 and with that, we will say goodbye. <laughs> thank uh-huh. you so much. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. everybody, go to GeneSimmons.com and find out about Invictus. And all his tour dates coming up and the vault experience and his books. And I've been reading the Gene Simmons on power book, which is fascinating. And I'm going to keep reading it because I want more power, just like you're promising. Women, you know, I uh, before we go, I firmly believe that women should be ruling all countries. I'm not saying that as a... uh, course there's that time in the month when you're going to press the button but oh, anyway no. but, but i'm kidding no, i'm wait, kidding wait I'm we're doing kidding. so good here it's a joke it's the apocalypse you can't make any jokes but i i sincerely believe that women should rule all countries the tendency will be because of your makeup you don't have testosterone and stuff you will be tend not to go to war as easily your life givers we don't understand that you know when there's a guy in New York, hey, are you looking at me? Women don't do that. You're much more caring human beings. You're the better version of what we can, you know, we can't come up to who and what you are. You're chemically designed better than we are. Can I just ask you before you go, what advice do you give Sophie on dealing with men? She gives me advice. Uh, she doesn't have, uh, she's nobody's girlfriend. She has boyfriends. Uh and she sets the rules. Alpha female in the dictionary. It's it's a book. Damn. They they have paper. <laughs> She's explaining. Gene is explaining dictionary so to Allie. In the Funk and Wagnalls under uh, Alpha female, there's a photo of Sophie. Well, she's lovely. She's a she's a killer. Yeah. Gina would stand. like to meet her. She does not oh suffer God. fools like yeah. Good. She wouldn't like me then. Yes. <laughs> She'll tell you if she will. <laughs> well, thank you, Gene. This has been an inspiring and incredible. I feel like we've all learned a lot, haven't we, Bonnie? I've learned so much, and I will continue to be inspired. So uh, we wish you well, and thank you for coming to visit us here at it, Hollywood Life. And please was, come back. It was a pleasure to talk to me. 